Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete, where we interview badass, high-performing individuals to learn more about their competitive spirit and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. Not a problem. Um, I I feel like our paths, we were already Facebook friends, but I feel like our paths may have crossed possibly at Hallett two years ago. Yeah, I believe uh, you were running B-Spec that weekend and I was running Touring 3. Uh, I had uh, raced in B-Spec for a few years and I believe I was towing Fritz Wilkie's car around that summer. So our paths have definitely crossed at the track a few times. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, I, I I just heard from somebody else that you just completed a pretty impressive feat for racing with uh, racing in every single state. That's correct. Um, as of last night, I have officially raced in all fifty states in the country. Man, you gotta you gotta tell me about that. So t- so I mean, I don't ex- one I could name all the states, but if you could just like name some of the odd ones that maybe some people struggle to find uh, a racetrack in or a time to do it. Like talk, talk through some of those experiences. So the number one question I've gotten in the last 24 hours is they want to know about Alaska and Hawaii. That seems to be everyone's big hang up. And what for you and I, in our road racing circles, renting cars is no big deal. We do it all the time, but a lot of circle track guys renting a race car is kind of a foreign language. Like you do that. That's crazy. Who would you let do that? So uh, when I went to Alaska, I actually had trouble. I've sent a ton of emails, made a lot of phone calls, and nobody took me seriously. Who's this idiot from Wisconsin who wants to drive a race car? And so the promoter finally reached out to me. And to solve this problem, I just instantly sent him some money. You know, once you have someone's willing to send you money over the internet, uh, you kind of start taking a little bit more serious. And so the promoter actually found me a car uh, that was he could buy cheap. And I, I bought the car sight unseen. And like all car deals, once you go see it in person, it's not quite exactly how you expect it, especially in the photos. Um, so there were, we had a U-Haul truck, we had a U-Haul trailer, the track promoter had a guy lined up to drive that around the island for me. Uh, he stored the car at his house. He, he was just awesome. He was all about this guy trying to race in all 50 states. So I get there, I run the car. I think I finished third that night, signed a ton of autographs, just chatted with everybody, just soaked it up. It was my first time in Hawaii, absolutely loved it. And uh, it comes time to leave, and I don't need this car. I own it. Um, so the track promoter let me park it at his house. And a couple weeks later, a check arrived in the mail for a lot more than I paid for the car. And the reason was the car didn't have the best record of finishing. And that third place uh, finish just made people believe that anyone could get in there and drive it. So that was pretty cool. And then Alaska is the same deal. Just started uh, hitting people up online. Hey, I want to race at your track. And Alaska has had a number of people come up and, and race there, especially at Alaska Raceway Park. It's a NASCAR-sanctioned track, and so a lot of guys uh, run up there and rent cars. So uh, I hooked up this guy named Ryan. He had a car. He contacted the promoter in Hawaii and was like, is this, this guy for real? Is he legit? And uh, the guy from Hawaii is like, yes, he's, he's the real deal. So flew up to Alaska, had a car waiting for me. 
the car's motor was a little bit tired. I think the head was cracked. It was puking water all weekend. And the first day I took it easy and we finished third and I was tickled pink. I got a trophy. And then the second day I gave that car everything she had and I probably finished the motor off. But uh, there's a really cool uh, photo uh, video of me entering turn one through the middle to come out leading the race. And I was completely sideways. And um, Alaska Raceway Park was absolutely an amazing experience. You cannot imagine a more beautiful setting. Uh, than sitting in the mountains and no lights at the track because it's light all night long. Um, but those are the two questions I get the most about, most asked about. Um, and then the third track that people always want to know is Rhode Island. Rhode Island doesn't have a permanent race course set up. Uh, so for Rhode Island, we went go-kart racing. Uh, that was the most legit thing we could find. I wanted to find an autocross or a rally cross or something. And so I went go-kart racing in Rhode Island. Got it. So it's so you you know for a fact, having done all the research, that's the only state without uh, a permanent racetrack. Yeah, and I found a club that wanted to do some underground drag racing, and I haven't done that since I was a reckless teenager, and I vowed never to do it again. Now that I'm a father, so uh, I wasn't about to go hit the streets with a with a rental car or with uh, some illegal racing. So we settled for the go kart racing. Cool, cool. Well. Um... I, I I love that story, and uh, there's there's a lot of stuff I don't know about you. So th- this is great because I can I, g- I genuinely want to learn a little bit more about you. So tell everybody what other than you know finishing off that that fiftieth state. What else are is your world right now for for racing? So I started out just racing uh, locally in Wisconsin. Um, within Wisconsin, I've raced everything from. Dirt four cylinders, asphalt four cylinders, uh, street stocks. I ran a dirt late model, both the, both the fast track series, and then the open late models. And there's no other feeling than when a late model hooks, hikes up, and has traction coming through the corner. It's one of the most amazing feelings ever in a car. Um, but I'll race anything. I did a lot of spectator limited racing. Um, I got into probably World Challenge, and I did that for a couple of years, and that led me to uh, SCCA. And the only reason I started racing in SCCA was because I wanted to race at Indy for the runoffs. That was a crazy bucket list track that as a kid that had been to 17 Indianapolis 500s, I never, ever thought I would get to race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And I've done it a few times, uh, four, and I won there once in a, in a champ car endurance race. Um, there aren't many series or sanctioning bodies I haven't raced with. You know, I've had a USAC license. I've had SCCA pro license. I've had my um, SCCA regional license. I've got an amateur NASCAR license. Um, pretty much qualified to run anything except for a super speedway at this point. Uh, that probably wouldn't be too much work, but it really doesn't interest me that much because of the, the cost involved. Yep. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll hop in any car. Like last night was a hundred lap endurance race on a dirt track with some pretty, uh, interesting vehicles I had to share the track with. And my car was prepped a little bit more. So, I told the promoter if I won, I wouldn't take any prize money. So that kept the locals from, you know, using me as a, as a third wall. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll drive anything. And it, it was fun. It was absolutely a blast. Um, kind of glad it's it's over because I wanted to beat Kenny Schrader to it. I guess he's been trying to do the same thing. So I beat Ken Schrader to it. Sent him a message last night. He hasn't replied yet. Um, 
And then for work-wise, you know, I run a couple small businesses and I tried starting a racing company and um, that takes a lot of time and money. And what it did was distract me from my actual work. So we're putting that in the back burner. Um, we're gonna, I gotta work a little bit and recoup some savings. And um, I had a race scheduled in New Zealand for two weeks from now. And unfortunately the car owner just got a hold of me this weekend and said the car's not gonna be ready, but I'm trying to do some international racing. Um, I've been to the Nürburgring, I've been to Goodwood in England. Um, I've raced in Canada at most sport. I've gone to the Baja 1000 three times working for BF Goodrich Tire, and uh, that's definitely on my list. I want to compete in the Baja. Uh, maybe not Ironman it, but I, I want to compete in the Baja 1000. That's probably the next big uh, list item I have. Have you done Pikes Peak? I've drove Pikes Peak in a rental car. <laughs> I may not have returned it with tires on it. Uh, I did that the same weekend that we drove uh, High Plains. I did a WRL race in a spec poor spa, uh, Boxster. And uh, the poor rental car saw many laps at High Plains on the road course. And then it got abused up and down the mountain at Pikes Peak. I did submit an application there to race once. And uh, that year just didn't work out. But I do plan to go there and actually compete and race for time up the mountain. That's definitely on the list. What what kind of rental car was it that you took on the mountain? It was the most uh, amazing uh, love seat ever. They called the Buick LeSabre. It body roll like you wouldn't believe. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a sight to see on the road course too. But the the tires were gone when it re was returned. And I kind of have a habit of taking rental cars on race tracks. Um, I've never really had a problem. Mid Ohio black flagged me in the rental car. Uh, because my dog was in the back seat, they uh, the dog wouldn't wear its seatbelt or its helmet that day, so that got me black flagged. Otherwise, I've taken a lot AMGs and uh, Porsches and even some really crappy rental cars on tracks all across the country. So, and these are for track days, not for races, then, right? Yeah. So the most infamous one is Sebring has uh, got my number. I see. I finished second there a few times, or I DNF. That's basically what happens at Sebring. So. Anytime there's a track day at Sebring, I'll go grab a car from Hertz and uh, go abuse it on the track for a day or two uh, before hopping in the race car. Do you, I mean, do you still do that? Is that, is that pretty common for people to rent cars and take them on tracks or not? Yes. Um, this, this last New Year's, I was down there with a, a Hertz GTH and, uh, you know, I, I rent a lot of cars, so they, they give me whatever I ask for. I buy the insurance and they've never questioned why the tires are, are chewed up and gone. Um, I know some other people have done it, too. There's a lot of stories of uh, NASCAR drivers in the past doing it and causing damage to cars. I've never scratched a rental car, um, but I, I have taken dozens and dozens of them out on, on racetracks. Yeah, that's a good idea to get the insurance, I suppose, just in case. <laughs> well, um, with all the tracks you've been at, what are, what are some of your favorites? It's probably, unless you have one, that's just better than all of them. So there's uh, a lot of tracks after I visit them, it was a good time and I enjoyed it, but I'm not in a huge hurry to go back. I just enjoy the challenge of a new track. Um, I will go back to Indy anytime that there's a, a champ car race or an SCCA runoff because it's, it's Indy and it really isn't the most technical or most challenging track to race on. It's just being at Indy is something that is hard to put into words. 
Um, so I, I love that place. Road America is now my home track. Uh, so I'll make it there a time or two every year just because it's there and I enjoy it. Um, Sebring is my, is my nemesis. I, for some reason, I cannot stop going to that track and I'm not going to stop until I, I bring home a trophy from first place. Um, and it's been every time I go there, you know, that track will find the weak parts of the car. Um, we finished new year's, uh, we didn't finish in a, on the podium, but it's that the track will shake your car to pieces. The track is abrasive. Um, and I've, I've had so many close encounters. We've led the entire day and then the last stint that we run out of gas or we break the shifter off or a teammate drives off the track and rips the splitter off the car or we get a flat tire. It's just Sebring is, is that track that's got my number and I'm not going to stop until I come home with a first place trophy from there. Yep. Well, what if you, if you are going to be racing um, anytime soon, what will you be racing? Or does that, you don't know until the time happens. So I've got quite the collection of race cars. I've got a bunch of E36s that will endurance race and road race. I've got, still have my T3 car for SCCA. Um, I've got a lot of little four cylinders front wheel drive that I built for my kids to race at the local track. And I'll, I'll throw those in the trailer and go play. Uh, last year, I raced my daughter's car out in New Mexico simply because I just wanted to take a flatbed trailer and fly across the country. Um, I'm I'm not picky. Um, I rent seats. I rent seats out to other drivers for Road America and local tracks, and then I rent a lot of cars. So I sometimes I don't know what I'm getting into. Uh, there was a time I rented a car for uh, Corvette National Museum, and I got there, and the car was not at all what I expected, and you know, that happens. And then there's times I've shown up and the car has been manicured and the team's professional and, you know, you have an amazing experience. Um, but I'm not picky. I'm not a prima donna driver. I will hop in anything. I don't have any pride. Um, I've actually found myself getting more seat time that way. I've been places where my fellow drivers didn't like the car or they didn't like something about it. And they said they were done after one stint or after an hour in the car. And I don't care. I'll hop in anything and take laps. Well, that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> so of, of the tracks, though, that you've been on, um, is, there, is there a favorite? I mean, other than Indy, um, anything else? And, and I'm wondering what, what kind of track suits you? I, I really enjoy dirt ovals um, simply because asphalt ovals, if you don't have the setup perfect, you're not going to do very good. It takes a lot of motor to offset a poor setup. On the dirt, the driver can change lanes and find grip and um, you know figure out a way to get around. It's hard to beat locals on their local track. You know they go there every weekend. They've got the car set up. They've got the spring rate set. They've got the tire pressure set. It's hard for a new guy to show up that's never been there and and keep up. And sometimes I show up and I just get spanked. And other times I show up and I destroy the locals, you know, sometimes you're welcome with open arms and sometimes they're stealing the gas cans out of your trailer while you're on the track. So, um, I love the challenge of the, of a new track. Um, there's a few of them on my list that I haven't been to a couple road courses, a couple ovals. Um, I've got, I really liked Beatrice Speedway out in Nebraska. That was a blast. 
Um, and a lot of the tracks that I really like have to do with the people and the personalities when I got there, like Alaska Raceway Park, I'm going to go back there. Those guys were phenomenal. The track staff was awesome. The drivers were awesome. Uh, Hawaii was a great time. Again, welcomed with open arms, handshakes. You stay up all night chatting with people and trading stories. Uh, but I've had I've had an, a number of bad experiences where you show up and, you know, a local will come up to you and he'll be like, yeah, it's a pretty car. It's not going to look like that when you leave tonight. And sometimes they keep their word. So I've left with my uh, my cars dinged up a little bit, um, but they're just cars and I, I usually don't care. Yeah, yeah. Um, any any of the races you've been in where it's extremely memorable for one reason or another, it was a, a race you won or you came from behind and passed everybody, or maybe it was just some weird things happen and it, you're never going to be able to let that one go. There's so many stories, uh, but one of the one of the coolest nights we were at a we were in Mississippi or Arkansas, and the track was just a hole in the wall. It was one of the uh, most interesting tracks I've ever been to. Um, nothing about that track track was Coda, right? So uh, I get out there, and in the heat race, I've got a car that is just bouncing off my rear bumper and just making life miserable. And that track had a rule, uh, had a breakout rule. If you drive too fast, you're black flagged, which was not fun, but I understood why I was there. They wanted to keep the cars uh, to a certain level of preparation. And I brought a car that was a little bit more race car than anyone else. So I went up to the promoter beforehand and I'm like, hey, that was fun and all, but I'm not gonna have a rear bumper at the end of the night. And the promoter says, you just go out there and you drive as hard as you want to in the future. You win, we're going to give you the trophy no matter what. And uh, that night I lapped the entire field. But the really cool part was not just winning by a lot, but my son finished in the top four or five that night. And so that was the first time that my son and I shared a track and I won. So it was a, that was a pretty special night. Um, when we won the race at, at the Brickyard, I was right during COVID and we had no one in the stands. And that was a pretty gut-wrenching, choked up moment. Um, we had a teammate that had passed away unexpectedly weeks before the race. Um, but to drive around that massive track and nobody's watching, no, you know, no one, the, the place was empty. And for that to be the way you get your win there, that was a pretty emotional uh, weekend. And, you know, I, that's always going to be up there, you know, to, to be able to say that you won race at, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, Bristol was a lot of fun, you know, growing up when I was a kid, I watched NASCAR every single weekend. And, uh, that was a track I never thought I'd get to race on. And I did that about five years ago and my car handled horribly. It was a long weekend. I think I ran through the E and the D and the C main didn't quite make the main show, but, uh, my car wanted to kill me every corner. I, I just totally missed the setup. I just had plenty of power. Um, but that was a, that was a pretty memorable experience. Um, last year we did a four States in four days up through the Northeast and, uh, New Hampshire. That was awesome. I took, a my little T3 car out and we won back to back races at, a on the road course in New Hampshire. Um, that was pretty cool. That was a track that I'd always watched on TV and always wanted to race. So there's. There's so many stories. There's tracks that I never heard of until the day before I went there because there was a rain out. So we just got online and tried to find another track. Um, Laguna 
Laguna Seca the first time coming up over the corkscrew and it tickles your belly and you don't know what you're doing. By the end of the weekend, you're, you're used to it and it's not a big deal, but that was, uh, that was pretty cool. I got my very, my fourth of, uh, my fourth probably world challenge podium at Laguna Seca, the last TCB race ever for world challenge. And to be able to stand on the podium with some of those drivers that are way better than me. And, uh, you know, that was pretty special. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Um, same thing at Coda. Um, I got a World Challenge Proteum there. I had a really unique couple races at uh, Motorsports Campus in Utah. I rolled over in 2016. Uh, 2016 was a rough year. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to set up the car. I couldn't drive. I went and got a bunch of coaching, and then the following year to get a little redemption and, and got my first World Challenge podium in 2017 at, at uh, Utah Motorsports Campus. So that was a pretty cool weekend as well. Um, there have just been... There've been hundreds of amazing nights and days. And then there've been races where I start the car on fire and roll it over. So um, never giving up, I guess, was, you know, something that has always stuck with me. But um, you said you started, how long ago did you start into motorsport racing? So when I was a child, my dad used to sponsor cars at the Slinger Speedway in uh, Wisconsin. And that's actually where I got my first three wins was at Slinger. Um, It was after I got out of high school. So I was either 18 or 19 and uh, just started, just wanted to go racing. And winning those first few races was probably what made me continue. You know, I, there've been frustrating nights, but I never gave up. Um, And I never, I didn't really plan on trying to race all 50 states uh, for a few years. I just wanted to race as much as possible. And Back in 2003 and four, I actually made money racing. I could race four or five nights a week on the local ovals and make money. So that was, you know, it was fun and I was making a little extra cash. And then I started doing the Midwest Enduro Series where we traveled to Illinois. And then I started doing some chump car races and we'd go to Minnesota. And then uh, we just started checking off states and it, wasn't a real super conscious effort. And between then and now I'd, I'd get distracted. Like I'd go run a whole super tour series or I'd go race for points at the local track. And so it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, a nonstop. Let's try to check off all 50 States. There was, there were years where I didn't add any States. I just raced locally. So, um, it's just, it's taken about 11 or 12 years, I guess, to, to finish them all. What was that first car when you won your races at the local track there? So the very first car that I t- brought to the track and won a race was with it was a 1989 Chevy Beretta GT. Um, I bought it for just a couple hundred dollars. Uh, it was in a wreck. I rebuilt it in the auto shop at school and then got it painted up and I went racing at the Slinger Speedway with it. Got a couple wins with that. And then I built a uh, Plymouth Acclaim. Did some enduros with that. It didn't last long. I think it 
I think it only lasted one race, actually. And then uh, the next four wins I got were all in a Dodge Shadow. So a four-door Dodge Shadow was uh, the car to beat back then. Yeah. Well, what about uh, any favorites of the cars you've driven? Which one um, was was probably the, the most fun to drive? So I love driving the spec boxers, um, but I was always, uh, you know, in the back of my head, I didn't want to crash the car or wreck the car. The car that stands out in my mind as the most fun to drive was uh, Cranky Acres E30 uh, BMW, doing the road racing with it with Champ Car. Uh, the owner of the car, Tyler, doesn't really care about the paint job on the car. You know, he'll paint it goofy just because. Mm-hmm. And the, the body's chopped up a little bit for aero purposes. So uh, it's got a big wing on it. It's got a splitter on it. Uh, you know, the fenders are all chopped. And it's not going to win any car shows. It's not going to be the concourse bringing home a blue ribbon. But the car goes where you want it to. It, it doesn't have ABS. It doesn't have traction control. It's a pure driving machine. And it sticks. And it 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 is one of the most fun cars ever to drive. And... At the end of the race, it usually finishes up towards the the front of the pack. He's won a number of races with it. So any chance Tyler gives me to hop in his E30, um, I say yes. It's it it there's nothing else that I've driven that is that feels like that car does. What um what do you have planned for the rest of the year? So my son is 16. He turned 16 a couple of weeks ago when we were supposed to go racing and it got rained out. So I'm going to take my son to a few uh, tracks around the state of Wisconsin. My daughter's been begging to do some road course racing. So we're going to get her on track at Road America. I had I had a race in New Zealand lined up, and that's canceled for this year. But uh, I've got about five or six tracks I want to race at. Like I said, the rest of this year, now that I finished this, I really need to concentrate on business and getting some work done. Yeah. Um, I've got some properties I need that need my attention. But... I'm going to, when with the weekends empty, I'm going to hook up to the trailer and we're going to just go to somewhere uh, that we've never been before. In Wisconsin, I've raced at over 55 tracks, I think, and there's uh, three or four I've never, I haven't been to yet. So I'd like to cross off the last few states in Wisconsin. And then uh, there's a, a track down south, Jasper Speedway. I've never been there. That sounds like fun. I'm going to might just pop in there one night. I usually don't chase the big money shows. I like just showing up on a random night when nobody's expecting much and maybe guys don't bring their a game. That's always fun. Um, but I don't have anything really set in stone, man. So, uh, I I'm hoping to get up to road America this year with the SCCA and the June sprint. So, um, it was just so gorgeous when I got to see that track last year. Um, uh, but I won't be racing. Unfortunately, I'll just be doing the podcast. Yeah. And I think that's something that I've learned across the country is people always take their home track for granted. And there's always a track someplace else they, they love. Um, and I, I love road America and that's actually how I started getting into road racing because it's in my backyard and I always wanted to race there. And it started out, I was building a car to race world challenge. And then I started getting into the rules and the expenses. And so then I worked out a deal to rent a car and that fell through and so then I ended up buying Glenn Nixon's car and racing that and doing some champ car racing there. Um, but I fell in love with road racing uh, simply because the setup doesn't change all that much from track to track. And 
it's challenging. You know, when I, when you go to a local oval track, it's hard to beat the locals and, and keep up with them sometimes. But if you go to a road course and you get some laps underneath you, you know, the track starts getting to you and you, you know, if your coach is helping you with your apexes and telling you where you're messing up, uh, you can pick up a few seconds over the course of a, a weekend and, and it feels good. You know, I love watching those lap times drop all weekend long at a new road course. Yeah, definitely. Um, what, what, if somebody wanted to get into racing and they're fairly new to this, uh, or they're brand new, they just don't know how to get started. How would you suggest that they, they start out? So I get asked that regularly and it depends mostly on their budget. I mean, let's be real. That's the biggest limitation in the sport is, is money, unfortunately. Um, so if you don't have any of your own equipment, um, I suggest going to a racing, if road racing is your thing, go to a road racing school, uh, get some seat time and then rent seats and cars before you go through the, the pain of picking out and purchasing a car and a trailer and a truck and all that stuff. And there's plenty of guys that in our sport that don't own their own car or truck or trailer. They just rent seats. And, you know, if you've got, don't have the time for all of the hassle of the maintenance, that's a great way to go. If you want to race locally at your local dirt track or oval track, uh, you can buy a race ready entry level car for about the same as a go-kart. So if there's, uh, I know some guys will start off in the go-karts locally. Um, they've got adult classes. They're not just for kids. They take it pretty seriously, but I've got little Hondas that I can put together that cost less than some of those go-karts they're driving around the track. So depends on where you're located, depends on your budget. Um, and how handy you are. Some There's a lot of guys that, in our sport that just, especially in road racing, that just write checks. They never get their hands dirty. They fly in, they race their car, they fly out, and they never touch it. Uh, but if you're handy and you want to do some stuff on your, your own, um, it, you can usually find cars pretty cheap in the fall when guys are getting sick of it or want to don't want to store it or want to move up a class. Um but yeah, I get messages all the time and I chat with people and try to figure out what's best for them. So I have, this is a, a, a curiosity of mine. When you mentioned earlier, you were trying to run your business and you, and you started a racing business, but uh, your business needs to take the center stage right now. Um, what, what are some of the difficulties that some people just don't realize if they're trying to take on um, creating or owning a race team? Uh whatever you think the budget is, double it and then uh, double it again. Okay. Uh, the unforeseen things like you, I've been around racing enough to know that an engine's going to fail, to know that someone's going to crash a car, to know that there's going to be growing pains. And I was prepared for all of that with the race team. But what I wasn't prepared for, unfortunately, was I thought that my businesses were going to run the way I had them set up but I was gone so much that people just didn't do their jobs to the best of the ability. I wasn't around to inspect and watch the numbers as closely as I should have. And so taking the losses on the racing team wasn't a huge deal if everything else on the backside would have been operating as it should have. Uh, so that was, that was my downfall. Um, I just can't be in so many places at once. And I've had, uh, some employment turnover, um, I've got about 40, 50 employees and I lost a couple of key people during that time. And, you know, they went on to advance their career in somewhere else. And I can't blame them for that, but that left me needing to be home and needing to actually run my companies a little bit more. So uh, racing's not cheap. It takes a lot of money. Um, 
and I just can't be in 10 places at once. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what, was there a particular sanctioning body that your, your team was going to be with, or was it, um, multiple? We ran champ car for a full year. We did Sebring, Road America, Ozarks, Watkins Glen. We went to Autobahn and we won a lot of races actually, you know, it's, there weren't many weekends where one of our cars didn't win a race. And that was the other thing that maybe I bit off more than I could chew was trying to bring multiple cars to the track. We went down to Sebring that first race with five race cars. Oh my. You know, I mean, that's, uh, that was pretty crazy. But again, we were victims of our own success. Our very first outing at Road America, all four of our cars took the checkered flag. I mean, for a, for an endurance weekend for you to drag four cars to the track and they all take the checker. That's quite the feat. And we're like, Hey, we got this. No problem. And then we got to Sebring and I didn't sleep all weekend. I, I was wrenching nonstop. We had that's, you know, gremlin started poking up. Um, the two main E36s that I still have, they're very close to bulletproof cars at this point. I learned a ton on the maintenance side of them and what they need and which parts to buy. And, um, how to keep those cars on track for an entire day. And I'm really excited to hop in them again and, and go play. They handle amazing. Uh, my first experience driving one was at the Ozarks, which was great because nobody had seat time there. It, it was pure go out and raw skill to go try to figure it out because there had been no practice. No one else had raced on the track. And I loved it. I heard all kinds of people complaining about that track beforehand about being dangerous and so on. And I tell you what, if you're afraid of the Ozarks, never go to the Nürburgring, never go to Watkins Glen, never go to any little bullring asphalt or dirt track in the country because they're no worse than any of those. Uh, The Ozarks is a beautiful facility, nice big garage space. The track surface is awesome. Uh, Some of the off-camber corners, some of the hills. uh, That was one of the most, most incredible drives that I had last year was at the Ozarks. That's awesome to hear because there isn't a whole lot of people that have been able to get there. So it's kind of neat that you've already done that. Yeah, I I would understand uh, in a full downforce car, it might be a little iffy where you're going a little bit faster. But in our sports cars, it was was a blast. I never once, uh, you know, I'm used to running an oval where you drive up next to the wall and, you know, pit lane's got that concrete there. And road course guys that have never been on an oval are have a much different mentality and feel a different way in a car. And I loved it. I absolutely loved the Ozarks. Well, I want to give you a chance to uh, promote anything you want to promote, give a shout out to anybody, um, anything you want people to know. If, if folks need to get a hold of you for anything, you could mention that too, but just, um, or, or people do you want to thank? Well, one of the first guys to ever help me out in racing was an engine builder called Mer- uh, named Merle Childs, and he's since retired, and he helped me with a, a ton of uh, little motor work back in the day, and he was always a, a big fan of mine, and I know he never charged me, but he could have charged me all those years, so he was he was huge. Uh, most recently, Beyond Redline has been doing all of my dyno tuning and making sure the cars are reliable. Uh, they've got my T3 car right now, building me a new transmission. Um, and as of late, we've had uh, Hawk Performance, Mobile One, Frozen Rotors. And the cool thing about those three sponsors is I bought their products before they started giving them to me. So 
Um, I believe on them and I've had really good success with them. And uh, most recently, Track Day Tire started delivering tires to my shop. And uh, again, I bought tires from them before they, they came on board. So uh, those are the guys that are helping me out the most right now. And, uh, you know, racing's not cheap. Every little discount, every little, um, you know, every tire that shows up is a huge benefit. So I, I can't thank those guys enough. Uh, and those new Continental tires, I've had amazing wear with them. They're nice 200 tread wear, so they're legal for a lot of the endurance stuff. And uh, I love them. And I, like I said, I was bu buying them and paying full price for them before they decided to partner up with me. So I believe in them. That's awesome. So um, <clears throat> I was going to ask you one other thing about, um, you know, the, we get the sponsors, we get notified those. And is there is there anything else you want to add in terms of, um, of your own business or anything like that you can let people know about? Well, what I do for a living is I actually travel the country building custom fireplaces and outdoor kitchens, and I play with fire for a living. Uh, that's what I do. I own a couple different companies, Chimney Mechanics and The Chimney Guy and Warm Sensations. And uh, so if you have a, a dream that involves fire, uh, you're only limited by your imagination. I, I like to start stuff on fire. Um, but I really got to thank my kids. I mean, it's amazing how supportive they've been. And for a lot of these trips across the country, they hop in the truck. And when we had the semi, I'd, all my kids would hop in the semi and we'd go roll across five states to go racing for a day to turn around and come home. And they've spent a lot of weekends at racetracks. And, you know, my daughter for spring break this year, she's away in college. and She wanted to go to Sebring with dad to the track. I mean, I, that's just amazing. And it's been a, a family event and family bonding and three of the four kids have raced go-karts and now they're wanting to get into cars. And I'm trying to make them uh, work on their careers first before they waste, waste all their money on the cars like dad did when he was young, but it, they're going to do what they want to do anyways. And I'm going to support them as much as I can the whole time. And um, I, I'm just blessed to have four of the most amazing children. That's awesome. I, I guess there is one more question. I, if, uh, five years from now, what do you, what would you want to happen? What do you want to see happening five years from now as it relates to you and motorsports? Uh, me and motorsports, I've got a, I've got a few list of tracks I want to go to yet. I want to race in some more countries. Uh, I had a race lined up in Vietnam and COVID kind of ruined that. Um, Puerto Rico, been trying to hook up there for a while. I haven't quite crossed that one off the list, but there's a, a lot of foreign tracks that I want to go to and I want to race. Um, I've already seen a few of them, but uh, I just want to keep driving. I, I want the new challenge. I want to make new friends, make new memories. Um, if someone asked me if I wanted to try to win in every state and that would take forever. And, you know, racing becomes a lot more fun when you do it for the fun of it. Yes, I love winning. I've got hundred and some wins under my belt, but um when you show up at the track with no expectations and no stress and no pressure and just enjoy the pure competition and enjoying the drive, that's the most fun. Um, I've done chasing the points thing. I've won, I have won a number of track championships and rookie championships, but it gets stressful and it turns into a job. So uh, I'm just going to, you know, maybe throw darts at the map and go race somewhere or I've been invited to a lot of tracks and promoters have reached out to me in the last few weeks and say, Hey, you're welcome here anytime. So, you know, I'll probably take them up on some of those offers. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit better and learning about your experience. 
I, I love hearing about all the tracks you've been at and all the success you've had and kind of the way you're, you're, you, you look at racing, you know, just, you just do it for the enjoyment of it. So. Thank you. And if someone wants to go see the list of tracks, our Facebook page, Drengler Racing, uh, it's my last name, Racing, there's a full list of all the tracks that I've raced at already. That's perfect. Um, about any, so that's the website, any social media stuff or anything like that, that they should be aware of? Yeah, Facebook, it's Drengler Racing. That's where the list is. Otherwise, I've been posting a little bit of stuff on TikTok lately. Um, but Facebook's where I post most of my racing stuff. Cool. Well, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate all your time. Thank you, sir. Hope to see you at a track again so shortly. I want to thank you for listening or watching Drive to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope that we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. I absolutely love hearing from you, and I promise I'll personally respond to every comment, every question, and every request. If you want to connect, start with our website, driventocompete.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. Whether you reach out or not, please like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, go kick some ass.